welcome to this episode of the Birding Life Youth Podcast, the podcast aimed at the youth by the youth. I am your hostess, Gabby Sykora, and in today's episode, I have a really exciting conversation lined up that I think will interest many of our listeners. Samantha Patrick, thank you so much for joining me and welcome. Thank you, Gabby. It's very nice to be talking to you as well. I love talking about tracking, so this is going to be quite easy for me, and I'm very happy that other people are also going to be interested in it. Amazing. So, Samantha, getting right into it, please tell me and our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you developed your love and passion for nature and conservation from such a young age. So a lot of it was, uh, well, I grew up on a game reserve in and around Hootsprate. Um, I had lots of access to the Baluli game reserve, so a lot of big five. But at the moment, I live at Maholoholo Mountain View. And my grandfather is the manager. And now, well, because of that, I've now um, created a love that literally cannot get, be well, can't be taken out of my DNA. And I work now as a guide and a part-time trainer. Okay, that sounds amazing. Um, you broke up slightly. Where is your grandfather managing or something like that? Sorry, I couldn't quite hear you. No, no problem. Um, he works, uh, well, he is the manager of uh, Maholohola Rehab Centre. So it's a wildlife rehab centre um, where they reintroduce um, species that were either injured, um, hand-reared, all sorts of things come through there. Um, and he, because of the care that he does there, I think my caring of animals and conservation definitely runs deep in my my veins <laughs> oh my soul you are not going to believe this i absolutely love that place that was my childhood i would look forward to oh wow you've been yeah many many times that that was like whenever we went on holiday okay, cool. that was my top on the list to go visit i love that place and i'm also so wow. jealous of yeah. you living in Hoodsbrode. i told a friend the other day it's actually quite embarrassing. Whenever we come back from a trip to the Timavati or surrounding that area, basically, I will <laughs> log on to Property 24 and look at properties for sale in Hoodsprate. I am that desperate. Oh, no. <laughs> no way. Yeah, no. Look, it's awesome living here. But it is also very expensive. Like, I, I'm pretty sure you've been shocked by Property 24's prices on there. Yes. It's definitely a, a location that everyone wants. Yeah, Yeah, no, definitely. And I also just want to add how much of an inspiration you are to me. I don't know how to explain it. I just find it truly incredible what you are doing and what you've achieved. No, thank you, man. That means a lot, especially coming from a young person. It's always lacquer to hear that. I'm very chuffed. So you... You, you're on the other side of that recording, but I'm, I've got a big fat smile on right now. So thank you for saying that. Oh, trust me. So do I. Smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned to me previously that you're currently a part-time guide, focusing your attention primarily on one company with entities that you move around in. But say that you're kind of moving away from guiding. Why is this? Um, so nothing against the guiding industry at all. Um, I just think that it takes a certain type of person. Um, I love guiding and I'm, I'm, I'm not bragging, but I'm pretty good at it. Um, the entertaining part of it, I think I've got quite used to it. I've done it for a while now, for about three years. 
and I guide mainly for school groups and a lot of that is a little bit of introduction to education part so obviously working with schools you have to incorporate a bit of education and then on the side what I do is a bit of training with tracking and I just realized that I can do a lot more difference in conservation in teaching people instead of entertaining them Um, so I can talk about topics that sensitive topics that you can't really talk about in guiding so I love guiding and and I'll probably miss it a bit um, but I feel that I can do a lot more and I have a lot more room to to share my love and my passion in the education part of conservation instead of the guiding part if that answers your question yeah you know I completely understand that and where you're coming from people can be quite difficult at times I understand where you say it requires a specific type of person I spoke to a friend of mine not too long ago who is also a guide in fact and he told me but guides often get blamed if something goes wrong. So yeah, I definitely take my hat off to you guys, like what you do and dealing with people. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. No, like on the blaming side, I mean, I I haven't personally experienced a lot of the blaming side, but the way that guides get viewed, especially what we call Jeep jockeys, (laughs) they're not, they're not viewed as if they're making a difference and they really are. Hey, I mean, you have someone coming, from a completely different country and has no idea how conservation works here and the guide is actually the guy that's going to educate these people so very underrated job 100% it's just I just found while I was in that position that I didn't have enough room and I, I'm, I'm, I'm a person that needs a lot of room to, to educate. Yeah definitely so underrated. Um, Now moving on I'm not going to lie mm. what you do absolutely boggles mm. my mind and even after listening to you chat previously, I battled to get my head around it. So please, please, please explain. I have to get to understand this because I find it so interesting and I have this passion that I want to understand what you do, but I just can't wrap my head around it. So so what I do exactly is train tracking. So I go to all sorts of different places and different careers as well. Um, I am an assessor now. Actually, last year, September, I was given that that, uh, status, an assessor status. And that is under CyberTracker. So CyberTracker was originally started to create awareness for the people that sit on the front of guides' vehicles, um, because a lot of them would come from a background where they didn't, they don't know how to read English or, or write it. Even a lot of them didn't have uh, matric certificates. So the reason um, CyberTracker was started, it was started by a man called uh, Louis Liedenberg. And CyberTracker originally was a piece of um, technology, and it still is today, um, that would help. Um, field guides and people on boots on the ground document the the type of things they see out in the bush every single day and from that um, a certification was born and today I'm an assessor to be able to give that certification and tracking and that can vary from being guides to trackers to field guides um, the three main ways that are being used well let me rephrase that but the three places that um, tracking gets used is hunting um, anti-poaching and the ecotourism based stuff and we do I do tracking for our uh, tracking training for all of them it's basically just teaching the same principles and tools to different people in the industry and they are that's what I do um so I do quite a uh, quite a bit of work with guides but also anyone else that's that's willing to learn and and wanting to to know the newspaper of the bush is what I call it wow that is so interesting and I love how you worded that too it's Again, I'm just taken aback at how knowledgeable you are. Wow. No, thank you. 
it's taken a long time, I can tell you that. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's awesome. So previously you mentioned that your brother was the youngest person in the world to receive a certificate for tracking in Cybertrack or actually any training academy. Um, and you, the youngest girl to do so, also at age 10. Um, what did this entail and what did you do following on from this to reach professional level? Um, so we, I, my brother and myself, um, we, we would join on a lot of my dad's courses. So he started a tracking company, um, cause he saw the need for it. And obviously with all of these guests and driving my mother crazy in the house, we were often kicked out and joined mm-hmm. in on those courses. <laughs> and through that, we learned quite a bit. And, and my dad, I think maybe saw that we were actually taking a lot more than what we, what he realized. Um, and then we had a visiting assessor, his name is Adrian Lowe, um, on our property and my dad said come on just give it a try and um, to be able to receive level one what we call level one in cyber tracker you have to receive between 70 and 79 percent um, for level two you need to be uh, you need to get between 80 and 89 percent and level three is between 90 and 99 percent if you get hundred percent is what we call professional level it used to be called level four and I ended up getting 71 percent and Tristan 73 percent and he does not let me forget that <laughs> But um, that's how we ended up actually getting a level. Um, and after getting those level ones, Tristan and I realized this is actually quite a fun game. And we pushed ourselves for the next four years to to get that professional level. Wow, that's amazing. That's so awesome to me because yeah. being the founder of YWP established when I was only 13, it's great that we as young ladies can achieve well at such a young age. Something mm. to brag about. No, that's awesome, eh? No, really. I, I think us, us young girls need to brag a little bit more um, because what, what we achieve at, at certain ages, is it's not just about us being females. It's also our age. And, and I still today think back at 10-year-old me. I don't understand how I focus that much. I don't understand how I got a level. Um, so really, we take we take ourselves for... Uh, we, we should give ourselves a lot more credit for sure definitely so now moving on a bit so having received your senior evaluation in 2019 i believe and i know you mentioned you wanted to become Mm -hmm. a wildlife vet which is funny enough what i hope to do one day too but you know that's the future we'll see what the future holds for me Um, but did you know at this point yeah. that you wanted to rather pursue the cyber tracking path or what pushed you towards this decision? Um, it's a funny story, <laughs> to be honest, um, to be very honest on this podcast. Uh, I honestly didn't have the, the mindset or the drive to go through that whole vet and university process of that. Um, and, I, and I realized, you know, even being a vet, you don't spend as much time in the bush as one would hope. And I quickly realized that because I am surrounded by a few vets here in Hootsbreit. And um, what pushed me to then move more over to the tracking side was my dad, actually. Um, he, I think he knows he's done this, but I remember the exact same day that this happened. He, we were at a training provider and I would very often join him just because I had nothing else to do. And I think I was about 16 and he said, I'm quickly going to go to the loo. Had, he had f- circled a few questions for the students and it was actually at Bushwise. I think you might be familiar with Bushwise. Yes, yes, I am. And 
he had circled a few tracks and he had said, no, I'm quickly going to go to the loo. <laughs> After an hour, he still hadn't come back and I had realized what he had done. He had forced me now to, instead of having the students just stand there, I have to now tell them what the answers are and explain what it was. And uh, it was a bit of a mistake from his side because I'm still explaining <laughs> things to Bushwise students today. And I, I created a love extremely quickly. It wasn't a slow thing. I realized how much I enjoyed it and yeah that's it just flew off from there so that's it was a very hard push from my father but it was very easy flowing from from after that that is so cool I can say your dad's a very clever man <laughs> yeah no he, he likes to think so and I think so every now and again as well <laughs> <laughs> So I'm still finding all of this totally incredible, as you can probably hear in my voice. And let me get this straight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you are now the youngest person in the world to have received evaluator status with Cybertruck. How does this make you feel being a female and all yes. that? No, it's awesome, eh? Um, I must admit, Cybertruck is quite a large thing in, in the States, but in South Africa, there's only three of us that are, are women that are assessors, which is I'm very honored to be be a part of um, because the other two are also extremely good. Um, uh, they, I've, I've my, one of them actually was one, one of my assessors as I was going through the process myself, and the other I haven't worked with too much, but I know that she's brilliant. And as for my age, I still am boggled. Um, and I, I didn't realize that age was a was a thing and when I found out the next oldest person I think is 40 years old and I'm 23 uh, I didn't like high school very much to be very honest with you and tracking has allowed me to to share something that I'm good at and at my age to do something that I love this much I feel honored lots of people go through their whole lives and they can't find their passions but I literally hopped out of school and hopped right into a passion that I think will continue to be with me to the day I die which is obviously tracking I, I love it more than more than words can say. <laughs> That's so great. Uh, I was chatting about it to someone the other day and I said to him that, you know, lots of people go, they go through their like education, they go through their school careers and then they have this like deep passion for something. It can, there's a lot of like options and it ranges from many things, but then they often go and they work like a nine to five office job day in, day out. And they're not doing what they love, but it's so inspiring mm. that you have found your passion and now you're working with it. I just find that incredible and loving it at the same time, which is that added bonus. No, I love it. Eh? No, but uh, you must let me know how the vet thing goes. I'm sure you'll make a, if, if you love conservation and the bush as much as you say you do, being a vet is going to be so easy. It's like any other career. I think if you love it, it becomes so much easier. Um, so yeah, no, I, everyone's like oh well done but a lot of it is actually just opportunity and and I've actually been spoiled in this industry um, the places that I get to go to the people that are surrounded by me like-minded people um, and they've really I stand on on the shoulders of giants that's 100% there's no doubt about that I have worked hard for it but a lot of people um, passionate people have helped me along the way well, it's safe to say that it's something I definitely want to do. But, you know, we will have to see what the future holds. But I know I will end up doing something in nature conservation, something I love doing. Oh, that's good. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. So now moving on a bit. You've recently signed up with a new training provider, I believe, that will see you heading into East Africa to impart your impro knowledge and skill. What country would you say is the country you're most looking forward to visiting? Um, 
you know visiting a country like i must admit I, i was recently in new zealand and then right after i had the opportunity to go to zambia and then shortly after that to kenya and i have now a very deep love for africa so i'd really be keen to go to any african country um obviously for me i it's like it's basically like a bird really um people that chase certain birds across the whole world i'm like that as well but for tracking so if there's a species that i haven't seen before then i'm probably going to go there so any country really with um with a diverse species list that i haven't been to even kenya I, i've i've been to kenya and i've looked at different tracks but i know there's so many more more tracks and animals that that need to be seen by me <laughs> if that makes sense um but yeah i i think there's a lot more opportunities after my kenya trip uh it's actually uh, i did some training with lead ranger and i learned just as much as those stu- my students did um and that's the wonderful thing about it so anywhere i can learn new things i'm i'm going to be there uh, that's 100% whether it's for work or just chasing animal, animal tracks um so yeah i i think next year i'm hoping for botswana um that will be a very cool one cool one to to add to the list that sounds amazing i've always said you know we can always like go explore other countries and stuff but you know south africa and Africa is just so special so let's explore a little home ground more mm. yeah no 100% no it is there's there's something about this this continent that uh, that catches a person's soul um and there's no escaping it it's literally like got a grip on you if it's bitten you you're not getting out of it you know it's you're stuck there now <laughs> And it's really not a bad thing. I'll be stuck exactly. here till the day I die. Me too. I'll I'll be with you. <laughs> so um. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> so Samantha, your extensive knowledge of tracking makes it sound like you already know all there is to learn. But I'm guessing this isn't the case. So are you able to obtain further qualifications? And how could you continue to expand on your vast knowledge? I think for qualification wise the last one really to get um through Cybertrack or it's more of an honorary um thing um and and you only really receive it after about 30 years of experience and yeah I need to turn 30 before I can get that um but um the second thing is also you have to have contributed to the tracking community um in the form of a book or education or whatever it might be so the next qualification that I'd be working towards is is a far ahead in the future as for learning goes the reason i'm into into tracking is because i will never stop learning um i will always find something new and and not just in new countries and new places and new species even in my own country every single day i go out there and and track there is always something new so as for qualifications one more um and it's called master tracker and we'll see what the future holds you can we can do another podcast in a few years time and we can find out um but as for for learning personally it's never going to stop and it's literally one of the biggest reasons i'm doing tracking today is cuz it's never going to be boring it's it's always continuously learning um finding out new things registering of animals body types all of that is is just something that i'll never never completely know sure so you still have quite a few years to obtain that yeah i do well i guess you've got something to look forward to yeah. and work towards <laughs> at least <laughs> So you mentioned man tracking and I find that a very interesting term. Is this considered to be the same as the good old term the poacher or have I got that entirely wrong? <laughs> 
Um, so with the man tracking side of things, I'm actually not too involved with that. Um, it is basically the same principles for man tracking. Um, when I talk about man tracking or someone says man tracking, it's, it's the people that catch the poacher, <laughs> if that makes it easier. Um, so my dad is, and my brother actually is very involved in that side of things. Um, they are now also in the dog side of things. So man tracking is same principles, just different, you know, when you track a rhino you you kind of calm you know and you've got your time and if you don't find the rhino it's not the end of the world but man tracking is a completely different ball game um at the moment i think south africa is probably the leading country in when it comes to man tracking just because we're so good at it um and because we we do use tools like dogs that no really other well i say no other country but south africa is using dogs to the full extent um you can take the kruger you can take baluli um all of them are really they know what to use around them to be able to to get poachers um to catch those guys i actually had the privilege of going to um one of the canine units in kruger and wow what an experience really that's cool where where was this canine unit um so it was the pabini area so yeah i spent three days there okay yeah okay very cool mm-hmm. oh very nice Frost, very lucky. it was it was good uh, dogs i think no that's good you must maybe try and one day get to the wildlife college they their hounds actually operate in the Kruger now constantly um, and that is an experience you'll never forget in your life um, I definitely highly recommend that okay yeah I'll definitely have a look at that ever since then I've just got this passion for it like I always used to look at the dogs as like these vicious you know down and dirty kind of things but they are the most loving yeah. creatures on the entire planet they are no they are because if you think about it hey their whole life is catching bad guys so when they see a good guy or someone just smiling at them they become the most they become like a little puddle and and they're awesome our, our house dogs lots of people walk into our house we've, we've got a lot of of working dogs in our house too many probably um but then people walk guests will walk in and see them on the couch and and we often tell them they're just undercover dogs you know they, they don't look so vicious but we can turn them on quite quickly oh that's amazing yeah so after we've heard all of the incredible things that you have achieved and what you actually do i remain in awe but i just have one final question for you if you could give any advice to me personally as an avid nature lover be it about tracking planning a trip or even simply leaving me with food for thought what would it be well my my love is tracking as you've um, as you've uh, picked up um so i can really only say that people and and you included gabby if if you're a vet or if you're a guide if you're anyone <laughs> tracking is a beautiful world i i called it a newspaper previously and it really is that i think the more people that have that skill the better people we will have out there whether you're in research whether you're in being a vet anything i think more people need that qualification and, and too many people actually think of it as oh that's actually only for that industry um where it really is for everyone i people that come on my courses are lawyers and engineers that just want a week of break away from from their normal life and they walk away with a certificate the same as a guide so tracking is for everyone and the more people realize that the better they are going to enjoy the ride and my mission basically after my courses i tell people my mission is to make you a little bit addicted to it and and create a love so my my the thing that i want to leave you with is tracking is for everyone it's not for people just it's not just for people in the industry wow um that is actually such a great answer 
that's amazing. Yeah. Okay, well, Samantha, wow, this has been one jam-packed episode of so much to take in, but it's been really great chatting to you. I can't wait to see what the future holds for you. Good luck for the exciting new adventures you'll be embarking on, and I really hope that we will be able to have a chat again sometime to catch up. Definitely. I hope to see you one day on a tracking course, man. Definitely. We'll make it happen. Great. Sounds good. Thanks for listening, everyone, and I look forward to recording my next podcast really soon. Until next time, this is Gabby Sikora for the Birding Life Youth Podcast, signing out.